Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. Let's open our Bibles to the book of John. You see the word, the word comes with a weight. Eh? Praise the Lord. The word comes with a weight. Every word in this world comes with a weight depending on the line of revelation that it is given to you. That is why the Bible says that they are unable to bear insight. You get it? There was a time he comes to the Corinthians and he tells them, I wanted to share with you meat, okay? But I found that you are unable to bear it, you know? Up to now, he says, you're still as carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. You're unable to hold it, you know? I could not speak with you to meet, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. You were not able to bear it. Sometimes it's not that the word is wrong. Sometimes it's simply because some people are unable to bear the word. Praise the Lord. Give me the amplified of that. First Corinthians 3, 1, 2, 2. He says, however, let's read. Brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as unto non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates. As to mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you are not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet, you're not strong enough to be ready for it. But the guys he's telling in chapter 3 were equipped in all utterance, all knowledge. Now, now that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. In chapter 1, he's talking to them, he tells them, in everything you're enriched, okay, by him in all utterance, in all, as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church in Corinth had all gifts functioning, 100%. It was healing, it was there. Faith was there. Miracles, signs and wonders, everything was there. The Bible says they carried utterance. They carried the ability to speak. Not good orators, no. Accurate speakers of truth. You get it? The Bible says they were enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in them. So they, they came behind him. No gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus. But even unto people who had all gifts, had all knowledge, carried all utterance, Paul still saw a certain place of carnality in them. Why? Because even though, you see, it's possible for a man to have all knowledge, all utterance, even as, a, as the testimony of Christ is working in them, and yet the natural man in them predominates. They can heal the sick, you understand? They can cast out devils. They can speak things and they come to pass. But certain circumstances come in their lives and then they become carnal. They become carnal. You understand? You find one person healing the sick, Casting out devils. He knows everything in the world. He catches a cold. He gets into a car. He runs to a hospital right away. Right away. Right away. 
without even taking time to first say makarande shike patalaya that means that the carnal part of you predominates listen when the spiritual part of you predominates you first think of the godly thing before you think of the carnal thing I didn't plan to say this, but let me say it. Somebody sent me a message um, a few days ago from the United States of America and they're telling me, Apostle, pray for us. We got a, we got a, a bus and we're driving around um, the city trying to claim our city back because in this season and time, devil worshippers, they come and then they do their things. They've been sending things and casting spells and curses on people and therefore we are troubled. There's a lot of things happening. Kids are committing suicide, a lot of war, guns and crime on the streets. So we realize what the devil has done. So we said, okay, let us get into the bus and get a bunch of believers start to break and break and break these things. And then after that, because last year we did it and then we got results, one of their shrines got burned. And I told him, darling, don't you realize that that's the very problem you have she told me what's wrong with that I told her you're behind schedule <laughs> the devil plots then you counterattack. then the devil plots then you counterattack. then the devil plots then you counterattack. no when the Bible says that we carry an action from on high we know all things it means that before anything happens we must know We are the church is supposed to be ahead of the devil's game. We're supposed to be ahead. That means the devil, demons in hell are supposed to be planning how do we stop Famiru? Not, not the other way around. How do we stop demons? Listen, you're, you're not the one supposed to be planning to counter-attack. No. They're the ones supposed to be planning to counter-defend. Your pre-attack attack. Oh, it's English, I'm sorry. You understand? Your pre-attack. Or your, do you understand what I'm saying? You're supposed to be so ahead of the devil that every time he thinks about it, it's an old trick. It's an old trick. It's like one time when they were going to attack us somewhere in the papers. I told guys, let's pray. I've seen guys where before they even planned it. And we had even fixed it before they started. So we knew the end. Some of you should understand. This morning I was praying. Eh? You know those things. So, you know, I pre, I premeditate service before I come into it. So, many a time I already know the individuals I'm going to pray for. Eh? So, while I was there, I saw electricity just go off, you know? So, this was the Lord telling me that this guy is going to plan to chuck electricity. But he has not yet planned it. You understand? Eh? But by the time he plans it, make sure you instruct that fellow to make sure that the generator is up and about. Because I knew current had to to check. You get where I'm coming from. But there are chances that if such things happen and you, your spirit was not alive, eh? and that's how people die, by the way. Small, small issues. Somebody gets into a car he's not supposed to get into and bam, they're gone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Back to what I was telling you. So, even though they were enriched in all knowledge, all utterance, everything, and they come short in no gift, the testimony of Christ was, but they were yet carnal. There were things they could not receive because their carnal nature predominates. 
They have a gift, but their carnal nature predominates. They have, they have things in their lives, but their carnal nature predominates. They know. Have you been around people who speak mystery and you're like, wow, this guy's deep. But then you examine the man's life and you realize the ultimate dissipation of the spirit. Why? He doesn't look like what he looks to know. You understand? Somebody doesn't look like what they look to know. There are those people who have been in church for so long. It's my me. I have been an intercessor for 30 years. You understand? But you see, how can you be an intercessor if you don't even understand the mind of the spirit? You don't understand the mind of God and you're an intercessor. In fact, the deepest people are supposed to be intercessors. Intercession is not when you can pray a lot. Because you can have that kind of life of prayer indifferent. Not in purpose. Because James spoke of experiences where men pray and receive not because they pray amiss. So the place of intercession has to be a place of maturity. Any man who says, I'm standing in the line of intercession, he must know the mind of the spirit, the mind of a father pertaining somebody's life. You get it? Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, there are some people who are too sensitive to what the devil does. Eh? If Joseph is sold by his brothers, spirit of rejection. Kumbe, the guy is in purpose. If you know the mind of the spirit, you understand? The mind of the spirit. And you find that Joseph, you don't pray that they don't arrest him. No, you pray they arrest him quicker. Are you hearing me? Some of you don't understand what I'm saying. They say, we are praying for you. Why? I saw them smile throwing in a ditch. Some things are ditch thrown, but they are purpose. You see, the issue here is, are you living a purpose life or are you living outside the purpose life? You get it? Because some people say, oh, me, there are things that don't work. You see, when the Bible says that all things work together for good for them that love him and according to his purpose, it means if you are in divine purpose, everything will work together. The reason why things don't work together for good is because probably you walked out of purpose. But when you're in divine purpose, Psalms 92, 12, I think. He says, teach us to number our days that we might apply hearts unto your wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes in the spirit of a man's life when they have numbered their days. When a man lives a numbered life, he doesn't worry when they throw him in a ditch. He doesn't worry when he's in prison. No. He can even interpret a guy's dream and that guy leaves him in there. You can't say, hey, that guy, I interpreted his dream and the guy left me there. Carrie, can you believe it? My people are bad. God, I pray that you kill him. Let him eat sugar and die. No, no, listen. That's not the point. The point is that, you see, you see, look at Paul in Colossae. He's in prison in Colossae. Colossae. He's seated, he's saying, ay, ay, ay. I have an issue on some of you. I have something to say, even to some of you who have not seen my face. I have an issue. For though I be absent in the flesh, but I'm present with you in the spirit. I'm joined with you and I'm beholding your order. Paul is not in prison. That kind of man is not in prison. <sighs> For I would that uh -huh, you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that thing killed me. I said, hey, hey, hey. When he said that as many have not, have not seen my face in the flesh, he means that someone had seen him in the spirit. He came at night. 
That's why some of you will come in your dreams. It's not a mistake. I learned it there. He said, and for some of you who have not seen my face in the flesh, he says, I have an issue against you. For though I be absent in the flesh, though I'm present in the spirit, I am present. I am present. He says, beholding your order. I'm joined with you. Okay, let's read it. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I'm with you in the spirit. Joying, listen, and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. That means Paul is in prison, but he's supervising the church, having praises. Okay. On Thursday, Ivan didn't sing. Okay. Noted. You understand? But the man is in prison. <laughs> you understand? He's not a prophet who the Lord revealed. No. He's a man from the spirit who went there. I wish some of you understand. He's a man of the spirit. Who went there? He's not a prophet who was led there. No. He's a man of the spirit who went there. There's a difference. This is not the choosing of the Lord to reveal to him what is in the church. No. This is his choice to know what is in the church. He walks there and he sees the order of events and he says, Ah, okay, I'm coming back. I'm coming. I'm absent, but I'm with you in the spirit. You see, some people, I remember when we say, Ah, we're going for burial. You go. I'll be with you in the spirit. Really? Listen, if you're with us in the spirit, you're supposed to narrate what Gundi was putting on, who they buried, how they buried, the number. You understand? So when people say, I, we shall be with you in the spirit. After that, I want to hold you accountable. What did you see? Because the church we are going into, are you hearing me? When somebody says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to attend a wedding, but I will be with you in the spirit. In the evening after that wedding, he says, eh, did you see how Sam was smart? He was putting on a black suit. You understand? And it must be black. That is the life we're going into. So that people can narrate parties they've not been at. Eh, I didn't know Agnes can dance. Did you see how Agnes was dancing? Oh my God, the girl can dance. And I was like, how will you be there? Were you there? No, Kano. I was there in the spirit. You have to learn to enter the spirit world and see. And see. And see. And see. Do you understand? You don't have to be somebody who's you know some people think being in the spirit is speaking in a lot of tongues and closing your eyes. Then you imagine you're in the village. No. No, that's not walking in the spirit. Are you hearing me? When you start to walk, you know. You know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This is the life that Paul is trying to give to the church. Oh God. You see, I think one of the most misunderstood concepts in the church is salvation. Not hearing, not all these things. No, people understand these things. But the reason why they cannot connect to get results is because they missed out on the ultimate thing called salvation. Let's read something. John chapter 1 verse 12. Let's read something. Let's read. Let's read. One, two, three, let's go. As, as received him to them, he gave exousia to become sons of God and to them that believe on his name the word there is right, authority he gave them authority to be sons say amen, amen. wow wow okay you'll understand this 
verse 13. He says, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those are the ones he gave them the right, to whom he gave the right. Those are the ones to whom he gave the right. Who were not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Those are the ones he gave the right. Give me the amplification of that. I'm going to amaze you. Okay, first go to 14. First go to 14. Verse 14, KJV. He says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his only glory as the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth give me the amplification from 12 let's read but as many as did receive uh-huh, and welcome him listen he gave the authority uh-huh, power privilege right to become to become that is listen to those who believe in comma adhere to trust in and rely on his name let's continue in 13 who all their bus so if you don't know your bus there you're not born again yet you can claim it but you're not it you can want it but you're not it you can act it but you're not it you can worship it praise it intercede it but you're not it he says who all their bus neither to bloods plural not to the will of the flesh that of the physical impulse not to the will of man that of a natural father but to God they are born of God how can you have cancer how can you have HIV how can the doctor say you have hypertension and then you go on drugs come on he says they are born of God they are born of God Listen, they are born of God. He personally begat them. Are you hearing me? And the word became flesh. 14. The human incarnate. And he tabernacled. He fixed. Now I want to I want to help you understand who you are today. When the Bible says, and the word became flesh, listen, human incarnate, and tabernacled, that is fixed his tent of flesh lived a while among us and we actually saw his glory his honor his majesty such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father full of grace that is favor loving kindness and truth the bible says they beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father and all they could see was he was full of grace and truth. There was no law in him. There was no law in him. But I'm coming to that. Let's go back. When the Bible says that he became flesh and tabernacled and made, fixed his tent of flesh on us. It means originally he got a body and entered it. Are you hearing me? Him coming out of a woman... It's not the beginning of his story. The beginning of Jesus is not when he entered the stomach of Mary by the word of God. No. The beginning of Jesus was more eternal than when he entered. No. The, the decision to enter the body was the day Mary is impregnated. 
That was the decision for him to enter the body. But it didn't mean that he didn't pre-exist. He pre-existed. He was the rock from which they drank. He existed before. In the beginning, he was the life. The light, he was the light. It shines in darkness, and darkness comprehended him not. He became flesh, but he pre-existed. He pre-existed. Now, let me explain something. Some people think eh, that when you're born again, eh, you change and become a better person. You stop lying. You stop stealing. You stop cheating. You stop. Then they say, this guy is what? Listen, if you understand the Bible, you realize that those are works. That is not salvation. Let me explain something that is going to religious people have refused to understand and I don't blame them. But I'm starting to realize that some people are not born again. John 3, 3. You know, John is amazing. Eh? If you read this guy, let me read for you. John says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the what? 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 Do you know the Greek word for kingdom? Realm. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the realm of? Now, you're about to scream. Read it from the Amplified. Give me the Amplified. He says, one, two, let's go. Jesus answered him. I assure you, most solemnly tell you, that unless a person is born again, comma, anew from above he cannot ever see or know or be acquainted with and experience the realm so salvation is not when you change on the earth salvation is when a new man from above entered you the old man had to die to give way to a certain guy. That is why the Bible says that how be that the first is natural and the second is spiritual. That means that before you were born again, you were a natural man. There is nothing spiritual with the first guy. He says, how be that that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. Are you hearing me? Next verse. The first man is of the earth. The second man is the Lord you are the Lord from heaven you come with the spirit of lordship except a man be born anew comma, from above that man cannot experience the realm because the realm is supposed to be an experience. Salvation is supposed to be an experience. When the Bible speaks of the sufferings of Christ, you don't need to suffer them. No, you can experience them. That is why Paul speaks of the fellowship of the sufferings. Not this, the, 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 the taking on of the sufferings. No, he speaks of the fellowship. The, this fellowship. The place of apprehension of experience. Not necessarily, you see... Some people, that's why you're going to die. How will you know that God heals if you didn't fall sick? How will you know? Did Jesus first fall sick? The Bible 
Bible says, and this is love made perfect, that you might have confidence on that day. For as he is, so are you in this world. Jesus didn't need to be poor to enjoy wealth. Because he's a man from above. He's a man from above. Listen, you are from above. So somebody says, I don't understand it. Let me explain it. In Genesis 1, 26, 27, he says, let us create man in our own image and likeness. And the Bible says, in his image and likeness, he what? Created them, male and female. Go to 27. 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he, male and female created he them. But that image, that individual who was created, didn't come. He stayed. Then in 2.7, the Bible says, and now he formed man. Are you hearing me? Out of the dust of the ground and breathed into him the nostrils, the breath of life, and that man became a living soul. He was not a spirit. He didn't carry the Genesis 1, 26, 27 and breathed into to the man of the ground. No. That man of the ground, he just breathed into him the breath of life and says, then he became a living soul. Now Corinthians says, how be it that the first guy in 2-7 was natural and the second guy, Jesus, which is the second Adam, was spiritual. The guy that first became you when you, before you were born again, was just a living soul. He was not a living spirit. Get this. He wasn't a living spirit. God is not a soul. God is a spirit. And he says he created them in his image and likeness. They are like him. That means they are spirit. But they held their mind there. And they are waiting for the redemption. Are you hearing me? The first man Jesus says, let me give you a sample. He went into the body. <laughs> he came into the body. Healed the sick. Cast out devils. Did all these kinds of things. And he says, uh-uh. it's your, for your good that I go. It's expedient that I go. It's good for you that I go. Why? Because I've just showed you a sample. Jesus, I'm comfortable doing what you did. Uh-uh, you don't get it. These things I have done. He says, you shall do more. Because I go to the Father. The superstar went above. The moment he reached heaven, he said, Apostle Grace, spiritual cover. Go down on earth and show them what Rabasakatayabaya. I came. The day I was born again. The moment I entered the tabernacle, I tabernacled. The angels told me, welcome to the world of men. Tell your neighbor I'm not ordinary. Mogambe. I'm from above, darling. Have you ever had, listen, have you ever heard of microscopes in heaven? Hospital. Lame. Cancer. HIV. In heaven. Flu, influenza. Mars. Have you ever heard of that nonsense? Bad flu. Have you ever heard of that nonsense? It's not there. 
So, if you found your tabernacle sick, <laughs> you see, there's a reason why Jesus never fell sick. Some people never understand it. There's a reason he can be crucified. What? Beat him everything, but when it comes to sickness, he says, Papa, I'm not that humble. You understand? There's a, there's a... You see, it's humility. The Bible says, For <laughs> he humbled himself, came in the form of a servant, in the likeness of a man. It's humility to be human. I told people, the people in the world should appreciate when we walk like this because it's high humility to walk, it's humility to drive. Are you hearing me? It's humility. So when people say you are a proud Christian, they don't understand. Proud men don't walk. They just fly through without caring who. Are you hearing me? So that's why I asked the man, what, why does it marvel you if I say that you should be from above? Because you see, what the human brain can't apprehend, they easily dispel out. But you see, there's a, there's a word used once in the scriptures. Once, it's called paradoxia. Somewhere in Luke chapter 5. Where Jesus forgives a man, and after forgiving him, tells him walk, the guy is healed. And the disciple says, and that day they said, today we have seen strange things. You understand? Now, the strangeness was not in the miracle. Miracles were happening, and have happened before with the prophets. The strangeness was there was a guy who comes in the body and tells a man, I have forgiven you. Yet you, you didn't wrong him. Probably you wronged another person. But he has the right. He has the, the Bible says, the, the guy said, they were all amazed and glorified and were filled with fear saying, we have seen paradoxia. We've seen strange things today. That word is only used once, you know. Contrary, the word there for strange is contrary to experience, normal experience. Listen, the gospel is like that. It is strange. The day you start to be normal and want to live a predictable life in salvation, trust me, that day you will die. Let me tell you, spiritual death is a place where a man wants to be normal. You get it? Last time I was telling people in Galatians that the Bible says that if you are He, he was speaking, I spoke of the seed of Abraham, you remember? And, and he says that he spoke as of the seed of Abraham, not as of many, but as of one. Seed, singular. And the Bible says, now to Abraham, listen, and his seed, now help me, theologians, where the promises made, he says, not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Is that clear? So, let me ask. If I say seeds, I mean what? Descendants of Abraham. If I say seed, I mean what? Answer me. If I say seed, I mean? So, what does 29 say? And if you be Christ, if you're born again, then are ye Abraham's seed. What is so hard with that? Why did you make it a big deal? Who? Oh, he said that they are Christ's on earth. Listen.
listen. What does the Bible say? Go back. Okay, let's read. Amplify it. Okay. One, two, three. Let's go. Now, the promises, covenants, agreements were decreed and made to Abraham and his seed, his offspring, his heir. He, God, does not say unto seeds, that is, descendants or heirs, as if referring to many persons, unto your seed, your descendant, your heir, obviously referring to one individual who is none other than their Messiah. 29. And if you belong, comma, are in him, who is Abraham's seed, then are you Abraham's offsprings and spiritual heir. And he feared to put seed. <laughs> this one feared. <laughs> he feared. But you see, he said offspring, not offsprings. Hey, okay, let's message it. Go back. Message. <laughs> now, the promises were made to Abraham and to his descendants. You will observe that scripture in the careful language of a legal document does not say to descendants, referring to everybody in general, but to your descendant. The now not is singular, referring to what does 29 say? Also, since you are Christ's family, then you're Abraham's famous. Descendants. No, descendants. I told people, Moses preached the law enough and he became the law. Corinthians 3 said, every time Moses is read, he didn't say every time the law is read. No, he preached the law until he became the law. Even until this day, every time Moses is read. The devil entered the serpent enough until Revelation referred to him as that serpent. He was not originally the serpent. But he entered. He tabernacled. And Revelation says, and that serpent called the devil and Satan. Listen, he stayed long enough into it until God could look at it. Even you when you dream a snake, you know, huh? You don't say that's an angel. So, man of God, if, if a snake can become the devil and the law can become Moses, what is wrong? If you became Christ, oh no, this guy is a devil. You understand what I'm saying? Then somebody said, you're the body. You're not the head Christ. Listen, this is Joshua. They say, no, you're the body. The Bible doesn't say you are Christ. Christ is the head. You are the body. Now, in grammatical now, if I punched him like this, huh? and then he fell down, they don't say, he punched the chest of the head. They say, he punched Joshua. That is why, when Paul was persecuting this way, the Bible calls it this way. When, 
when he gets the disciples and then he puts them down, Jesus appears and tells him, Paul, why dost thou persecute me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting my birthday? You know, he says, why dost thou persecute me? He didn't say, why do you persecute my body? Which is connected to the head, which is Christ. No. When you touch a Christian, you touch Christ. When you attack a Christian, you attack Christ. When you fight a Christian, you fight Christ. Me. He didn't say, why do you persecute my body? You remember that scripture? That says, for even if we believe not. (laughs) But law, the Bible says, he abideth faithful. The Bible says, for he cannot deny us. Did he say us? Did he say us? Did he say us? No, he says, for he cannot deny himself. if we abide unfaithful and unbelieving. He says, for he abideth faithful. For he cannot deny. What does the Amplified say? He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. The Bible says, if we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him. He remains true. Faithful to his word and his righteous character. For he cannot deny himself. Because Jesus wants to remove that place of you unbelieving. Listen, even if we are faithless and do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true and faithful. For he cannot deny himself. Let me tell you why. When you have unbelief, Jesus still in you says, me, let me continue believing. Because I can't deny myself. I wish you understand faith. That is why That is why when God tells Abraham that you're going to have a child, the Bible says, Abraham laughed and says, me, (laughs) an old guy, do you know how dead Sarah is? (laughs) You understand? The Bible says that Abraham fell upon his face, 1717, and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is 90 years old bear? Abraham was faithless. He did not believe. He, he denied. But yet God abided. He comes through Paul. And he says, And Abraham staggered not at the promise. The, the Bible says, And Abraham, he staggered. He staggered not. But didn't he stagger? He says, And being not weak in faith. You see how God is saying. Really? And he being not weak. In faith, he considered not his own body. Now, when he was about a hundred years old, in the message version, message, want to read in message, uh-huh. Abraham didn't focus on his impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred and year old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's de- decades of infertility and give up. Now, really, really, I think I'm confused. I think I'm confused. If you're telling me that he didn't, 
Yet Genesis 17, 17 says he did. One of them must be lying. Wait. Let's go back. We're going to come back to Romans 4.19. Let's go back to Genesis. Give me the message again. Abraham fell, read, flat on his face. And he laughed thinking, can a hundred year old man father a son? And can Sarah at 19 years have a baby? Romans 4.19. Abraham didn't focus on... For even if we believe not, he can't deny himself. He says he didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. Verse 20, he didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong. And ready for God. Is that true? This is how your story is. There was a day you tried to believe and things failed. The heavens haven't registered that. You remember that day you failed. Heaven doesn't know you failed. For he abides faithful. He can't deny himself. story. <laughs> See how God makes up a story. And you doubt. And he says, no. You didn't doubt. This is God having faith in you. That is why you realize Abraham laughs. Sarah laughs. They produce a boy. They call him Isaac. And Isaac means he laughs. Meaning that that place where he was laughing in unbelief. God had already put into him the, the faith. It was faith laughing. In the spirit, he had gotten seed. Are you hearing me? But physically, he was unbelieving. And God says, even if you don't believe, me, I abide faithful. I can't deny myself. And this is the truth. If I put seed in you, I must produce it. Sarah can laugh all she wants. It's the moment she gets impregnated. Do you see that even the place where you unbelieve, it's where God actually believes in you most. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Your greatest weakness is actually your greatest strength. Apostle, pray for me. I have a drug addiction. It is because you can do without drugs. The Bible says he can't tempt you beyond that which you can bear. Hey, He can't. Listen, you're from above. When you tabernacled into this earthly body, something about you changed. That's why we move in another realm. That's how I can know things before they happen. Because I'm from above. I live in a realm that is way faster than the devil. The Bible says that the spirit quickeneth, but the flesh profited nothing. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, because you see, when you realize how we learn, you realize many of us are so behind. Let me give you an example. The Lord was speaking to me, and and I learned that everything Jesus did on earth was a teaching. You understand? Everything Jesus did on earth was a teaching. Jesus never made a lame man walk just for making a lame man walk. No. Every 
every miracle in the scriptures has a depth of truth because he came full of grace and truth. They didn't say full of miracles. No, full of grace and truth. So everything that is in the miraculous, it carries a revelation of grace and truth. For example, the guy casts his net on the left, finds none, casts his net on the right, and finds fish. And the right hand is the hand of grace. Are you hearing me? It's not by mistake that there are five fish probably or loaves of bread, whatever it is. The number five, you know the implication. So when you go behind the meaning of that line of the miraculous, you realize that every miracle that the Christ did was a learning pattern for all these things the Bible says were written for. For our learning, the true comfort and patience of the scriptures we might obtain hope. When you live that kind of life, you stop to heal for men to know God heals. You start to heal to teach. Thank you, Lord. I want you to speak in tongues like your men from above. Sweet as Jesus. Sweet Jesus. What a wonder. Can you speak in other tongues? Just take a minute and speak in other tongues. Something is happening in you. Come on, somebody. I want you to take a minute and speak in other tongues. Sweet, 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 sweet as Jesus, sweet Jesus, what a wonder you are, you are brighter than the morning star. situation like you're from above speak to every circumstance like you're from above you'll experience the realm you'll experience the realm oh, oh, oh. 
every circumstance right now your family your marriage your body your business everything around you speak to it your ministry speak like a woman from above in trouble because of you I say the world is in trouble you're changing this world you're changing Africa you're changing Europe you're changing Asia you're changing radio you're changing television you're changing new vision you're changing newspapers you're changing things you're changing you're changing education you're changing the military you're changing things Greater is he that is in you than the devil in the world. This is the mystery that was hid from the ages past and now revealed Christ in you. The hope of glory. You can't fail. You can't fail. You can't die early. You can't be sick. You can't be weak. You can't be disadvantaged. You're full of God. You're full of the Holy Ghost. You're full of the anointing. You're full of Jesus. He loves you. He cares for you. He's there for you. He intercedes for you. No man at the sound of my voice will fail. You will not fail in this life. You will not fail in this life. No devil can stop you. No demon can stop you. No witchcraft can stop you. The Bible says, For I am persuaded that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. Not things present. Not things to come. Not angels. Not principalities. For I am persuaded that nothing shall separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. No pestilence, no weakness, no desperation, no devastation, no disgruntle, no disregard. You'll not fail. It's working in my life. The word of God is working in my body. The word of God is working in my mind. It is working. Speak in tongues like you're up to something. Speak in tongues like you're building something. Speak in tongues like you're creating something.
will stop you. Nothing will stop you. Nothing will stop you. Nothing can stop a people who pray. Nothing can stop a people who know their God. Nothing can stop a people who know who they are in Christ. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for you, who can be against you? Greater is he that is in you than the devil in the world. lifted in the air and I had God tell me they've entered the zone receive it right now receive it receive it you've entered the zone when you speak to a devil the devil will look at you like it has seen Christ. When you speak to the sick, every disease will look at you like it has seen Christ. Every situation is going to look at you like it has seen Christ. You're in the realm. You're in the realm. Nothing will fail you. Nothing will slow you. Witchcraft, oh my God. Witchcraft is far from you. Receive it. Disease is far from you. Poverty is far from you. 
weakness is far from you ignorance is far from you you can't fail you are an influence you are a force in this world Jesus is with you he says for Lord I'm with thee up to the end I'm the man from above 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 the Bible says it is sown in weakness it is raised in strength it is sown in corruption it is raised in corruption it is sown in dishonor it is raised in honor it is sown in witness it is raised in glory that's who you are you're the second Adam you're a child of the Most High he gave you that right to be called you who owes not your birth on blood wills of men neither natural descent you're born of God you're born of God give the Lord a mighty hand of praise you're gonna walk in the spirit you're gonna hear in the spirit you're gonna smell in the spirit you're gonna test in the spirit you're gonna run in the spirit receive it now thank you Lord Jesus the message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.